hit me with these fun facts while I sip on this daywalker. Is that good? No. There's got to be a pun in there somewhere. There's got to be a pun in there somewhere. Talking about suckheads, can you... No. <laughs> Don't finish that sentence. <laughs> Welcome back to the Shaking Not Scared podcast. Here with you as always your hosts, Eric and Baby. Today we're going to be talking about the 1998 film Blade directed by Stephen Norrington. But before we get into that, how are you, Baby? I wax my mustache. I'm pumped. I saw that. It was scary. Scarier than this movie. You know, you're the one who said I needed to take care of that. You said my I... mustache was bigger than yours. So that's not the only thing that you have that's bigger than mine. Mod dick. This movie is super fun. I had a lot of fun researching the facts. Do we consider this horror? I feel like because it's an action movie, some people would probably disagree, but but it's vampires. It's vampires, and it's our first vampire movie ever. Let it be action, always. Could have been this, or Underworld, or Van Helsing. I mean, a lot of vampire movies have action. I think we were between this and The Lost Boys. Action. Action. The Lost Boys seems very, like, glam to me, like 80s rock glam. That's what Twilight should have been, but Twilight ended up being what it was. It could have been The Lost Boys. Listen, we will talk about Twilight, because there's a scene in here. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. (laughs) But how are you? Doing good, yeah. Good things are happening. Bad things are happening. It's all good, though. It's balanced. It's just how nature is. We'll let you guys know eventually. Vague. But what creepy content do you have? Um, I think me and you have the same creepy content, as always, because we live together and watch the same stuff. We watch a ton of joe bob specials on shutter that's my first time watching actually like anything joe bob really it is like my second okay so i mentioned to you that i tried to watch the changeling with his special because everyone talks about how great the changeling is and how it was like the first haunted house ghost story type movie i find it so difficult to get into worse than salem's lot Salem's Lot, I feel like if you broke it up in like episodes, you could get through it. If you broke it up in episodes, you could skip the first fucking nine and get to episode 10. We'll talk about it when we cover Salem's (laughs) Lot, if we ever get to it. Because people love that movie. We're not people. We're not people. Yeah, but we watched a ton of his specials. I watched one on my own on The Love Witch, you know, get in the mood for Valentine's Day. And then together we watched... Sleepaway Camp. And we watched Black Christmas. I only wanted to watch movies that we've seen already just because I didn't want to see fun facts about things that we had haven't covered yet yeah and i'm just gonna add that we are recording on the 11th tonight he is releasing his valentine's day special for this year so we're probably gonna watch that tonight because again we're recording this ahead of time if you watched it let us know which one was your favorite yeah is that all your creepy content it is not i watched i don't think a lot of people would consider this horror i watched the blade episodes of the old spider-man series from the 90s and wow jesus christ (laughs) i remember these episodes being cool and blade is still pretty cool but there are some things in there that i'm like what who there's a scene in here that's kind of like one of the scenes in the movie but the cop literally just met blade and starts making out with him and is like you can feel love again and it's like what (laughs) lady i just met you it did not make sense but if you're interested in going and seeing the blade episodes this is in season two i think there's another season where he appears and he finally finds his mom and spider-man helps him but when he first makes his appearance morbius is mutated by peter parker using his blood on accident that's when he becomes a vampire blade shows up to help spider-man defeat morbius but spider-man wants to save morbius blade's like no fuck him i want to kill him are you ready for a fun before we even start sure morbius was going to be in these films but they could not get the rights for him from sony (laughs) being that he is a spider-man character 
he was meant to be the villain of the second and third films. Interesting. That would have been cool. Side note, I'm not excited for that Morbius film. Oh, no, no. I was going to say that if Jared Leto showed up and was getting killed by Maharshala Ali, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, as long as he doesn't come back, because a lot of these vampires tend to come back. <laughs> but anyway, it was a good time. If you didn't watch that, go watch it. It's like a 90s cartoon. Take it with a grain of salt. Is it on Disney Plus? Yes. Cool. It'll be season two, episode nine is the first appearance of Blade in that show. Fun. You did some research. I did. Maybe I'll do this for the sequel, but I wanted to watch the ones where he finds his mom because their backstory is actually very different in the show. They said that Blade's mom had a relationship with a vampire who got her pregnant. Blade was left at the doorsteps of some people because his mom didn't want him to experience the life of a vampire. So then he was brought up an orphan and he grew up kind of with this resentment against his mom for abandoning him. But his mom in this universe is alive. It's a different story entirely. Yeah, we can talk about this because that was a plot point that confused me in the movie and this might have made more sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you have for comfort content? We are still just watching what we do in the shadows. We have like a couple episodes left and I can already tell you I am going to be referencing that show a lot in this movie. <laughs> totally. Totally. You said we haven't covered a single vampire movie, but we've been watching so much vampire content unintentionally. I love vampire content. So do I. It's just so broad ranged. You could yeah. do a lot with it. But what do you have comfort content? I've also been collecting more cards. Things are getting out of hand, okay? I can attest to that. Francisco and I are doing this thing. It's called Yugi Poku. So go follow us on the socials if you like cards and shit we're probably gonna be doing other stuff not just cards that new pokemon game came out so i was thinking like maybe we'll even stream but yeah keep an eye out for it shameless plug on this other show <laughs> yeah you're just full of shameless plugs yeah that's me getting plugged up one giant plug do you want to talk about drink now do you want to talk about it because you made the drink sure i immediately thought let's make it a daywalker the serum at the end is blue the one that he uses to kill the vampires we made a variation of a blue hawaiian this one's made with an ounce and a half of blue curacao ounce and a half of malibu pineapple juice to the top a little bit of grenadine it'll sink to the bottom it looks really cool as sinks to the bottom. Cheers. Cheers. It's very pretty. I'll be honest with you, I've never had a blue Hawaiian in real life. I will tell you that I wanted to try one because we made hundreds of practice blue Hawaiians in bartending class and I just kept thinking, I want to try this. Yeah. We have all the ingredients at home. What do you think of it? I actually really like it. It tastes tropical. Even though it looks very colorful, it just straight up tastes like a pina colada. It does. I mean, taste-wise, it has nothing to do with Blade, but Blade can go to the beach and drink this and not die. You know, that was one of the questions I had about vampires because what we do in the shadows they're always like i'll have one human alcohol please and then they're like ew yay wonder if blade could drink this he probably could because he has all the positives and none of the negatives remember i mean there's one negative that he's dealing with being old i would say that wanting to drink human blood pot. oh i mean he's a vampire don't tell him what to do okay he has a right to be free what do you rate it i like it i'm gonna give it 3.5 out of 5 only because if i drank a lot of these i would have a nasty hangover this is the highest rated drink that i've ever made on the show that i liked you liked yeah Woo! <laughs> first time for everything guys yay joy i give it a four wow that's really high for you you would expect it to be way sweeter and it's not it's good it's good it's fine give it a try yeah on a beach don't turn into a vampire though you might die might it's a daywalker drink only no suckheads i like that line on the topic of suckheads melt our faces with some fun facts about blade i'm sure there's a million since it's a comic book so there actually was a ton i tried to scale it down a bit blade is often referred to as the film response 
responsible for the comic book movie boom. Not only was it Marvel's first critical and financial success in cinema, the studio was best known for Howard the Duck at the time. Weird mm. to think about now. That's the movie that Johnny throws my way always. And I'm like, mm, but did Howard the Duck pave the way? I, I don't know. I should have looked up how successful financially that one was. It was also the first black superhero featured on the big screen, paving the way for 20 years later for Black Panther to take the screen. Why do I bring up Black Panther? Well, when Marvel first approached Wesley Snipes for a film, it was actually to play the role of T'Challa. Oh, cool. The studio wanted to make this film way, way before it had Disney's backing, way before it even had success because they were in bankruptcy at this point. Marvel, yeah. Marvel. Wesley Snipes loved the character and the idea of a film showcasing African royalty and empires. However, the project could never really get off the ground. They could never get the right director or the right script behind it. A lot of directors wanted to change things about it, including making it set in like the civil rights movement. Wesley Snipes wasn't a fan of this. He was a fan of the character and he wanted to stay true to it. So the project eventually fell through. However, he didn't have much time to dwell on it because all these talks of making a Marvel movie paved the way to make Blade. He has been interviewed before and says that in retrospect, the movie was not ready, like it was too ahead of its time and the technology wasn't there to showcase the way Wakanda is portrayed in the comic books, which I could definitely see. I kind of agree with Wesley Snipes here. The technology was not there to make the effects as crazy as they are now. I don't know. But then I'm also like, we had a million Spider-Mans. Like we could have Black Panther back then. He could have been the Black Panther that everyone grew up with. And then he ends up cameo in the future ones. Real quick before we move on back to the first fun fact, I forgot to add this. Before DC fans come for me saying this movie is responsible for the comic book boom, this film had come about after DC had a major flop with Batman and Robin, (laughs) which is like universally hated. I think. Is it because of the nipples? It's always the nipples. It's hated and it's love. I think it definitely has a cult following now. But Blade's financial success is what actually allowed films like the X-Men and Spider-Man to come later. So without Blade, we do not have... A lot. A lot. Hugh Jackman? Toby? Speaking of Stanley, his cameo was actually cut from the final version of the movie. But He was actually going to play a security guard that found the charred bodies of the vampires after the opening sequence. <laughs> that have been cute as hell. It would have. There's no explanation that I could find as to why his cameo was cut. Maybe runtime. This movie is long. It is a two hour film. But it's Stan Lee. You gotta have his cameo. Yeah. It's upsetting. Okay, last one for now. Everyone knows the iconic line, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Apparently this line was quote unquote written by Wesley Snipes. In the early stages of production, while brainstorming the character Frost, Wesley threw out this description of him. The directors and writers loved it so much, it made it to the final script. I wonder if Wesley had a lot to do with just any line that is said by Blade because he has a lot of one hitters here. In searching for this, I found that he was like super involved. I think he went on to produce the other films. I'm trying not to talk about the other films, but in the second one, (laughs) Del Toro directed it. Yeah. I did not know that because I was a kid and I didn't pay (laughs) attention to that kind of stuff. But Del Toro was quoted as saying Wesley Snipes knows the character better than anyone. He like embodies him perfectly and he's the expert. Wesley Snipes also only had good things to say about Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. 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 Because his experience with the third film was very, very bad. Wesley's? Yeah. A lot of racism within the own production. Oh my God. That he was producing. He ended up suing them. You literally have main character producing this film 
the expert on the topic. Expert on the topic. And he was completely like disregarded. But he actually advocated for a mixed race production company, which he had done in the first two movies. Apparently the director just ignored him and used a mostly white production company. That's fucking stupid. And there was like allegations of like racism treatment, making it a very hostile work environment, which is disheartening. And I guess you can kind of see it because Blade Trinity is considered like the worst one. Apparently he let his stunt double do most of the acting in that movie because he hated it so much. He was only there for the close-ups. Oh shit. That's how much he hated it. He ended up suing the company for like $5 million. And that's it. That's all I have for fun facts. A sad one to end on. I'm not sure if he has any involvement with the new Blade that's supposed to come out. I mean, Maharshal Ali is like great too. Yeah. I'm excited for his casting. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. He's a really good actor. But you knew that. You didn't need us to tell you that. Well, now that you've spoken all day about fun facts. I don't want to talk anymore. Are you ready for the speed run? Hold on. This is a two hour movie, guys. It's not going to be summarized. There's this guy. He's a vampire. He goes around killing this dude. This guy's like, you're pure and I'm not, but we're better than them. And then Blade's like, no, you're not. And then he kills him. There you go. There's a speed run. I don't have to do it. All right. Ready? Go. So we open on this woman giving birth, but she's also bitten in the neck. She gives birth and then that's all we see. We cut to the next scene, which is like a rave going on. Um, this couple is entering it and the dude is kind of like weirded out because the woman leaves him behind. Blood starts raining from the ceiling because it's a bloodbath rave and we run into Blade and he murders everybody in this club. And he tries to kill like this leader named Quinn and he kind of gets away so the next scene is the quinn at the hospital being like autopsy autopsied but he's alive and he's attacking everybody blade goes in there to just like finish his finish him off but he bites another woman and he tries to save her takes her to whistler and we learn she like studies blood and through this we learn who blade is fuck me um they go on an adventure together and kill a bunch of vampires there's this dude named frost he like is trying to get the vampire cancel council that together so, that was so bad <laughs> what were you doing summarizing the whole movie you're like there's a bloodbath and it was 45 seconds in that was bad i'm sorry it's okay do you want to do it again no for every time you fail we're taking a shot by the way Fuck no <laughs> that's it that's all there is okay all right well since you failed epically we're gonna have some creme de mescal brought to you by doesn't matter cheers the older i get the worse i get at taking shots that actually wasn't as smooth as i thought it was gonna be it wasn't bad with the pineapple juice but i also still have half of it in the cup uh, oh yeah you do <laughs> you really do i drink my whole thing let me tell you what the internet says blade is about okay I hope they do a better job than me. Oh, now it's now it's searching for blade swords. Hold on. <laughs> Eric's just going to buy a sword real quick. Here we go. A half vampire, half mortal man becomes a protector of the mortal race while slaying evil vampires. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to hate us for constantly talking about what we do in the shadows. I'm to be rated at a 7.1 out of 10. Nice. Ready to slice into this movie like a blade? Got him. You like that? It works. Love that. It's 1967 and we get a woman named Vanessa Brooks being being rushed to the hospital covered in blood. She's pregnant and the doctors decide they need to do an emergency C-section. It's a pretty big baby. It is massive. Did they just get the wrong size baby for the scene or was it just because he's a vampire baby? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> this thing looks like it's at least a year old. She reaches her hand out and we get the intro credits showing us the beautiful streets of New York City. A woman and man are driving at night. She's being very mysterious and doesn't tell the guy where they're going as they enter a meat market or butcher shop. At the back of the shop, a man stands guard as they enter a nightclub 
when he looks at them creepily. This guy looks like they didn't have to edit him much to make him look like a vampire. Oh my god. Is it like in The Grinch where they didn't have to put a prosthetic nose on Martha? Yes. This guy just looks like he <laughs> would be a vampire. Like Enter the late 90s, early 2000s club scene that we all know and love. I know I was there. I was there and I was just, what, six years old? Flashing lights, tons of people making out and not knowing what's happening, just like the 90s. The guy gets separated from the woman but eventually finds her dancing with another woman dressed in white and gets pushed aside. Dazed and confused, the guy starts noticing blood falling from the ceiling. He looks around and starts to notice the people at the club staring at him while dancing and flashing their fangs at him. Behind the DJ booth, the words bloodbath are written in blood and the rave intensifies as the sprinklers start spraying blood and everyone gets extra excited. The guy gets knocked down and as he tries to crawl away, he makes it to someone's boots. Everyone is visibly unhappy to see this person. As we pan up, we see that it's Blade wearing all black in a long coat and a bulletproof vest. With the coolest glasses. Totally. The vampires yell, it's the daywalker, as he starts unleashing gunfire on everybody. I don't think they say it that happily. <laughs> it's the daywalker. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he sounded like. Vampires are disintegrating left and right, brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat. Quinn appears and is clearly the leader telling his men to go get him. Blade uses a sword, multiple kinds of guns, and the blade boomerang. One guy gets cut up in the ceiling as his face smashes. Another guy gets kicked into a wall. At one point, Blade uses the boomerang blade to kill like five guys in a circle at once. Blade finally uses stakes to pin Quinn's shoulders to a wall. Blade's run into Quinn before because he tells him he's tired of cutting him up. The guy from earlier is cowering in a corner as he watches Blade light Quinn on fire telling him to give Frost his regards. Blade notices the guy cowering as he tries to run and checks the guy's neck for bite marks. As we hear the paramedics show up, they enter the room and only the guy is there with Quinn on fire in the background. Can you imagine being normal, just a human, and your night turns into this? No, I wouldn't be in a nightclub in the first place though. <laughs> it's also police, not paramedics. Blade the paramedics go to stop the <laughs> violence. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This beginning is just crazy. It sets the bar for how intense this movie is going to be. Blade is just fucking people up. There's probably vampires in here that have nothing to do with anything. Those poor vampires. I think it's a really fun scene. I love the music going. I love that it's in like this secret dirty nightclub. Yeah. I think some people have gone on and said their rave life started because of this film. Is the blood included? Yes. I oh. did ask that. I did. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. We are now at a hospital. The paramedics are checking the charred body and we meet Karen, who is studying Quinn's blood. She points out that it's biconvex, which is impossible. She thinks they're pulling a prank on her. Curtis, the other doctor, says he'll show her and they go to examine it. She notices that the face structure has some oddly strong muscles around the canines and the doctor with her takes this opportunity to talk about their past relationships and it's super weird. Nothing gets you hotter than a person on fire with giant face muscles. I think I wrote that in my notes too. Like this is <laughs> totally the time to bring up your hot relationship. Look at all these muscles in this guy's head. Want to know how many muscles are in my head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Quinn shoots up and bites the guy on the neck. While Karen tries to run out, she gets bit by Quinn in the hall, noticing that Blade is entering the hospital. He yells to Quinn, saying that he came to finish him off, and after a few blows, he cuts Quinn's arm off. The cops suddenly decide to show up and start just shooting at Blade. Blade is clearly annoyed, like, what the fuck? Good thing he's wearing a bulletproof vest. So here's one of my questions since he's half vampire. Unless these bullets are made of straight silver, would it even affect him? 
I don't think so. That's true. But like, how human is he, you know? He just ages. That's it. Remember they said he's got all the strengths, but none of the weaknesses. Aging is kind of a weakness, I guess. Your knees start to hurt at 30. Quinn escapes out the window, landing on an ambulance and running off. Blade notices the woman holding her bloody neck in fear. Getting a flashback to his mother, he decides to help her. The cops continue to shoot at him while he throws her across the street to another rooftop. He's strong as fuck. This scene was wild. <laughs> and laughs at the cops as he jumps over to. The cops continue to fire at both of them with unnecessary firepower. As Blade notices Karen's arm is out of place and helps her put it back. They finally escape through the building's roof entrance. I think that this scenario doesn't merit the cops using as many guns as they have in this entire scene. They're like pulling out everything. Also, why were they on deck with all this firepower? Seriously. Granted, he is kidnapping a doctor, but I think in any hostage situation, this is not what you do. You're gonna shoot the hostage. I'm just saying that like Ghostface is out here getting away with all kinds of shit and these guys show up with every weapon possible to kill this guy who's trying to save a lady. We cut to Blade's hideout where we meet Whistler. He's clearly upset that Blade brought Karen here. Karen whimpers as Whistler goes to inject her with, I cannot pronounce this, Allium sativum, which is just a fancy way to say garlic. It is. I'm going to keep referring to the show throughout this just because it's so funny to see the parallels. He keeps talking about different versions of Allium sativum. So it's like different kinds of garlic, I guess. <laughs> oh, we getting fancy. Yeah, they're like different strains of Allium. And I'm like, oh, what are we talking about? Weed or garlic? What the fuck's <laughs> happening? <laughs> That's just the level of spices we use. Also, this is a children's TV show. Why are we talking about different strains of allium sativum like a kid's out here like mm, mm, yes the allium sativum sativa or indica <laughs> honestly i prefer indica as a kid just knock me the fuck out bro <laughs> i'm a hybrid person actually it's just a fancy word for garlic which should help slow down the turning process he walks away as he tells blade he expects that she has about a 50 50 chance of survival next scene there's a bunch of people dressed in suits as a man named gatano flips through photos of the club incident gatano yells about blade still being on his crusade and calls Deacon Frost in. Everyone starts roasting Frost immediately for his nightclub incident, for bringing attention to the vampires. He's like, we've been doing this for thousands of years like this. You can't change it. He's like, no, we gotta start from the bottom up. We gotta get on socials. I guess so. There isn't socials at the time. I don't know if the lore of being seen in mirrors and video exists in this lore. He's like, we all gotta get a Twitch account. We gotta get on Discord. We all gotta be on TikTok. <laughs> Some even start to belittle him for being not a pure vampire. Frost takes it all in and finally claps back claps back telling them to forget <laughs> about discretions and the rules for the humans he says there are food katano yells back and says they've done this for thousands of years and that he wouldn't know this since he was not born a vampire he was made a vampire frost leaves pretty pissed off about this and we get this running theme of like pure vampire versus not pure it's very like muggle mudblood i find it hard to believe that later spoiler alert frost kills katano it's like if there's really this huge difference between the pure and the maid why wouldn't Gitano and his other leaders the 12 be stronger than this maid vampire that was my question too because in this universe too morbius exists right let's pretend that morbius exists he's like a full vampire this like otherworldly being like why wouldn't these purebred be like morbius Blade enters an apothecary where he gives the owner a bag full of jewelry telling him that Whistler says he's building resistance to his serum. This is the only time we meet this owner, ever. And I'm assuming he makes a reappearance in the next ones. I don't know, but it seems like they're very close friends and his background story with him is not explored. What I will say about this movie, we were just talking about the whole pure, not pure vampire thing. There's so many plot points going on here that I think if they knew it was going to be a trilogy off the bat, I don't know if they did, actually. It could have been 
explored with time because there's like a lot of good themes going on here. Yeah, I told you that I think the consolation for this is because maybe with it being the first after Howard the Duck, I mean, think about it, like how much pressure there is around a superhero movie. They're probably like, if it's not successful, let's just try to throw in as much story as we can because this is our one shot. Let's just try to get as much as as we can out there. Like something's going to stick, right? Like if we throw in 30 plot points and 10 of them make it because people are like, oh, I really loved that about the movie. I want to see a sequel. It doesn't matter that the other 20 disappear. Now we don't have to do that because we know if a Marvel movie is coming out, that character is going to come out in another one and you get to explore all the backstory that you want. This one, I think it tried to do everything because it wasn't sure if it was going to be a success or not. And like you said, wanted to get everyone interested in something. Right. The owner says he figured that would happen and hands him another vial of it. Back at the hideout, Karen wakes up looking around the room and notices a plant that's very heavily emphasized here and a little bit later, but doesn't really make a reappearance until the end of the movie. (laughs) I even asked you about this. I'm like, what? what's this plant about? Other than later when he cuts the roots, it doesn't really even get explained what it is. I think he uses it for the serum, but that's not even fully clear. Right. Is it like deadly nightshade that can kill creatures of the night? It's never explained. Allium indicum. Allium sativum. (laughs) Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) But she also sees Blade's sword. She touches it and a dial on the handle starts to turn when it finally opens up with three smaller blades. A defense mechanism for anyone who's not Blade holding the sword. This is pretty fucking smart. I'm glad it makes an appearance later. He overhears Whistler telling Blade Karen can help since she's a hematologist. For those who don't know, that's a blood doctor. Everyone knows that. Do they? Okay. Fun fact, when you have Crohn's, they check your hemoglobin They check to see if it's biconvex? Yes. Whistler is administering the next dose of serum into Blade's arm, and it looks like it's a painful process. It even requires that Blade use a mouth guard. Intense. Whistler points out that the serum is getting dangerous when they notice she's been watching and runs. Whistler cuts her off, and she's like, am I a prisoner? He just says they need to take precautions before they let her go. He explains that they hunt vampires and goes into detail about how vampires in real life are different from the movies. Crosses don't work against them, only silver, sunlight, and violet rays. Garlic makes them go into anaphylactic shock. Blade is in the background getting his car, a black 1968 Dodge Charger. I felt it was important to to note that. It's a pretty fucking cool car. I noticed you put that down in the notes. I looked it up. He's getting the car ready as Whistler tells Karen she needs to be out of town by nightfall because there's a war out there and innocent people like her who get turned just get caught in the crossfire. You never really think about that part of vampirism, right? That there's like the orgs and then there's the people who are just innocent and didn't ask for it. I feel like that's what what we do in the shadows kind of explores. Is it though? They're just like really ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of vampire I'd be. He and Blade are only a few of many people who are trying to keep the fight off the streets. Karen says she can go to the police and Whistler says it won't help because they own the police. Dang. This type of world building I feel like is really difficult in a world where superheroes exist because when I wrote this down in my notes I was like okay but let's pretend that this is a world where Spider-Man, the Avengers, X-Men all live, Daredevil, Luke Cage, like there's so many other heroes in this world. Why wouldn't they know that the vampires own the cops? Like did they own every cop? How many vampires are out here? Even in the show I was like why the fuck is Spider-Man acting like vampires are impossible bro? Like you were bitten by a spider and now you're running around in spandex dude like why is it impossible? Yeah that's something that's always bothered me about these movies where they're like a talking raccoon when they have like magical powers like okay (laughs) we can stop with the shock yeah i definitely think world building here you had a lot of liberties because there was no superhero boom yet right you were expecting this to be an isolated incident but so yeah whistler says that they're everywhere overwhelmed with everything she asks if they're really just going to send her off and whistler hands her some vampire base which he says is silver nitrate and garlic he hands her a gun and says if she turns she should just off herself it would 
would be better that way anyway. You audibly were like, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to be a fucking vampire. I'm not going to off myself. I'm going to be fucking awesome. Elsewhere. Meanwhile, <laughs> we should just use comic book transitions. <laughs> yeah, we should. Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Frost is listening to music on blast while a computer sifts through an old document with images and writing. Gitano enters the room and says that the archives are restricted to members of the House of Erebus. Frost ignores him and annoyed Gitano says it's no use. This is like talking to a kid who has their headphones in. Yeah, the conflict between them is not explored that well. It's just thrown out there and they just like scream at each other. <laughs> they just hate each other. And you're like, all right, I'm here for it. What got Deacon Frost to the point where he was able to just walk into this room like nobody's business, right? Like the other council. No, what I'm saying is like the council. The other lower level vampires aren't just walking in this room like nothing. This guy is allowed in. So what makes him different? If they're really that adamant about being like, you're not even pure. It's like, well, then why is he in the room? So it seems that he has quite a following. Social media following. He's an influencer. <laughs> so even though they want to ignore him, I think he has so much power at this point that they can't. If gotcha. he's the one orchestrating all these raves and parties that are getting humans attention, you're going to have to acknowledge this person, even if you don't want to. Right. Gaetano says, it's no use. It's so old that it can't be translated. I thought this was hilarious. Whistler later sees a parchment that survives an explosion from the Book of Erebus. And he's like, oh, yeah, this talks about the blood god. <laughs> like nothing. Meanwhile, Gaetano's over here like, it's been thousands of years. No one's ever been able to read it. No one's going to decipher it. There's no way you're going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Is it implied that he's been spending all his time like researching this and Frost needed a whole freaking Duolingo app to translate it? <laughs> I don't know. Plot holes. Frost finally stops listening to music and pissed Gitano slaps him for ignoring him. Again, escalated quickly. <laughs> the, nothing builds to this, but okay. Frost holds his ground asking, what are you going to do about it? And Gitano's like, what? <laughs> and walks off suspiciously. In the city, Blade drops Karen off at her apartment building. She's frustrated and yells, it's daytime. Makes sense given they just said she could die from sunlight. A little rude, yeah. Blade just tells her to remember they're everywhere and drives off. Fuck it. Good luck. Good luck. Karen goes into her building and while she waits for the elevator, she notices people standing in front of her have matching tattoos that look like glyphs on the back of their necks. Gotta watch out for people with matching tattoos. Oh no. Are people gonna look at us and think that? Yes. Are there little pumpkins? They're gonna be like, mm, obviously vampires. Obviously pumpkins. That's cute. That's cute. In the elevator, she stands nervously as one of them's like, you good? How you doing? Hey, how's it going? She gets off on her floor and feels a man and a woman following her as she pulls her vampire mace out. Two follow her and when she finally turns around, there's no one in the hall. Don't Dun, dun, dun. Where did they go? The only thing I can think of is... They live there. No. They weren't invited into her place. Oh. And they're tailing her. That's funny. But again, that part of the vampire lore is not clear in this one. She enters her apartment and gets startled by a cop who says he's only there because he noticed that the door was open. The fuck? Yeah, suspicious. Do not enter my house. She's suspicious of him, as she should be, as he says his name is Officer Krieger and was just doing a routine check. That doesn't mean you can come into my house, dude. He tells her that the other doctor from earlier, Curtis, died and pulls a gun on her and says, just like you. Smooth. Mm. Very intense delivery. She maces him immediately and he laughs, asking her if it's garlic. He's like, I'm not a vampire. As he raises his gun, he suddenly gets beat up by Blade, who explains <laughs> that Krieger isn't a vampire. He's a familiar. He's Guillermo. If you don't watch what we do in the shadows, fix it, but also we're sorry. <laughs> He's lower than a vampire. Just a low life who hopes they'll turn him into a vampire one day if they do all their bidding. Blade's like, there's 10 pounds of shit and vampires are underneath. And then there's like 50 more feet of shit. And that's where familiars are. Is that what Blade says? Or that is, is that what that Eric says? Word for word. <laughs> what Blade says. No, but I wanted to point out that I think it's funny that this is what is explained of familiars in this universe because it seems like they're just turning people into vampires left and right like nobody's business. So for there to be familiars in this universe kind of doesn't make sense. And I said I disagreed with that because they literally just bite anyone, but they drain them. 
they don't turn them. I think Karen gets accidentally turned because they weren't able to finish the job before Blade comes in. Why would a vampire just kill them? Like, if I drain this person of blood and I kill them, then that's one less person I can eat. So you want them to, like, replenish. Right. I don't know if vampires are sustainable like that. I'm sorry. Um, vampires are the ones who are hosting blood drives. Conspiracy. Cue X-Files music. do 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 Just kidding. Go donate blood. I do it every time. They literally steal my blood every time I'm there. And by there, I mean anywhere. As Blade continues to beat the crap out of Krager, Karen yells at Blade, asking if she was used as bait. He says, yeah. Yeah. You want to yeah. fight about it? He shows her the back of Krager's neck and that it has a glyph, just like the others. Blade explains their brands belonging to different vampire organizations and that this one belongs to Frost. He starts taking Krieger's stuff and Karen is thrown back by this asking, oh, you rob people too? He brushes this aside asking how else they would fund any of the work they do. That's funny because I did not think of that. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the bank and be like, hey, I'm a vampire hunter. Can you give me like 50k? Can you just like pay me an annual salary? It's cool. He's gonna go on Shark Tank and be like, look, so I kill people, right? Here's my blades. Here's my allium sativum. I mean, if he sells his sativum, he'd make some <laughs> decent money. He finally knocks Krieger out and says that the jewelry is fake anyway. Caddy. They go to Krieger's cop car and open the trunk finding a setup with three blood bags. Blade asks Krieger where he was taking them. The quote-unquote cop tells him to fuck off and gets loose. Blade pulls a gun to shoot at him, but Karen stops him, and Krieger gets away. Blade's pissed. She responds by saying she's coming with him so that she could stay alive long enough to come up with a cure. He angrily tells her that there's just no cure. That night, Blade and Karen are on a stakeout by Krieger's cop car. He comes back to the car, and Blade laughs, saying they always come back. They follow him as he frantically drives, calling to what we assume is Frost's people to drop off the blood bags. He finally parks as Blade points out that there is vampire glyphs all over, which usually means that this is a safe house. He points out the people outside of the club and says they're all vampires. Karen asks how he knows and he explains it's the way they move and smell, but there are worse things out there than vampires. Karen asks him what and he says me. What a badass line. Bow! Puts on the sunglasses. Another pair of sunglasses because he already <laughs> has some on. They start to make their way towards the club. He explains the logistics of vampires again he hands her a gun and says that the bullets are silver hollow points filled with garlic you know a double tap in one aim for the head or the heart anything else is your ass you gotta say that with the gumption of blade anything else is your ass say it milk and eggs bitch <laughs> They make their way to the club and the bouncer tries to stop him from entering. I think he just does such a good job at playing everything cool. Because the bouncer's like, no, sorry, I can't let you in. And he's just like, hmm, smiles. The next scene is him getting thrown through the wall. He just yeets him through the wall. Blade kicks more vampire ass and finally stops Krieger. He beats his ass into the kitchen. <laughs> he beats his ass into the kitchen where he asks where the entrance to the safe house is. Krieger cowers and says it's in the freezer. Blade doesn't believe him, but he opens it and sees a full hallway leading to the safe house. He tells Krieger to give Frost a message for him and gives him one of the best lines from the film. It's open season on all suckheads. They go into the safe house and don't find anyone around. They find a room with a lot of wiring and computers. They're techie. Super techie for 1998. They have internet, AOL online, all two kilobits per second. We cut to a party on a rooftop that's being thrown by Frost, but he isn't there. He's in a room staring at a computer, showing a simulation of a chamber with 12 symbols in a circle and one in the middle. A girl tells him that the people at the party are waiting for him and he shows up. Quinn's there partially healed from his burns and with his hand grown back. Krieger shows up telling Frost what happened and how he's going to make it up to him. Frost is like fuck it and just kills Krieger throwing him into the pool while making out with a woman in white from earlier in the film with their blood all over their faces. Hot. I mean they bite him first. I always think it's 
funny when vampires are super sexualized with their blood because it's like they're biting into a neck there's blood everywhere and then they start making out with the blood in their mouths but it's like you don't do this as a regular human you don't just like start eating spaghetti and just start like making out with your partner with spaghetti in your mouth good point you said spaghetti and i just thought lady in the tramp but then i was like you're right there might be like people with food fetishes i don't know yeah like that girl who apparently likes rubbing bread on her face i mean good for her yeah a couple things here quinn has that like deadpool baby arm growing back thing going <laughs> and the simulation that the software that he's looking at is so bad it's so early 2000s it is did not age well it looks the same as like what resident evil one shows though it does <laughs> so it is of the era okay it was state of the art frost then goes on and tells quinn he wants blade but he wants blade alive and quinn's like what? wait what he literally almost killed me a million times. Quinn is a weird character because he has his own personality, but anytime Frost says anything to him that's like affectionate, Quinn's like, oh yeah, 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 dude, I'll do whatever. Frost is the only level of validation that Quinn needs to exist. His love language is words of affirmation. That's I, all he needs. I feel that. Mm. 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 Blade and Karen get to a room with a large vampire named Pearl that seems to be on watch for the data in the safe house. Pearl tries calling Frost to say they need him and Frost just says, oh, you're done. Sorry. Die with dignity. Blade hands the uv lamp to karen and says they're gonna play 20 questions if he answers then he won't leave with anything worse than a tan he asks what the chamber simulation is pearl says it's a video game and karen turns the uv lamp on burning the fuck out of him he yells the spirits of the 12 will bring the blood god blade takes a hard drive from the computer and notices a room in the distance he tells karen he'll be back and to burn him if he moves pearl yells at him not to go over there and karen just goes relentless with the uv lamp i thought this was fucking weird because just two seconds ago she's like telling blade not to shoot at krieger and she She's over here just unleashing everything she has on this guy with the UV lamp. So I think her logic is that Krieger is still a human and Pearl is a vampire. A very strange vampire. Jabba the Hutt, kind of. Yeah, kind of like Jabba the Hutt. The burning of this character, if anyone remembers the Halloween Town scene where they turn the sauna all the way up on that character, the ghost, he yells exactly like that character. I'd be yes. surprised if it wasn't the same guy. <laughs> same actor, very specific roles. But Blade uses explosive goo to blow the door open and they enter a chamber with old script hanging from the ceiling behind glass. Blade explains that they're pages from the Book of Erebus, the Vampire Bible. Why are they hanging from the ceiling? What are they printed on? Is it human skin? I was hoping it was. I was really hoping it was. <laughs> Seems like a vampire thing to do. Also, why is it just here completely unguarded if it's that important? Yeah. They hear footsteps and Blade looks around to see who's there. He finds a young girl who looks scared, crouched down. Blade kind of gives into this. Quinn appears with his crew and as Blade turns to look at them, the girl starts kicking his ass. This little five foot girl starts beating the shit out of Wesley Snipes. Martial arts expert. <laughs> yeah, she's doing some multiple kickies. They all gang up on him and finally tie him up. One of Quinn's men takes his sword and jokes around before the handle pops open and explodes the guy's hand. The gore effects in this are pretty intense i really like it yeah scenes later on with some heads blowing up are nasty they all just laugh it off as quinn says blade owes him he takes two of blade's stakes and stabs him with them blade starts laughing and confused quinn asks what the fuck's so funny blade says he's expecting company when an explosion behind him goes off and whistler comes through firing a gun at everybody in sight they exit through the tunnel and end up in a subway explosions go off in the safe house behind them as the vampires chase whistler gets knocked over by the train and blade just says yeah he can take care of himself bro he got hit by a train the fuck is human this whole scene's crazy karen falls onto the tracks and nearly hits the third rail when quinn finally catches up and fights blade a train passes as karen is stuck below watching blade fight quinn takes blade's sword but blade makes him drop it below to karen karen takes the sword
sword, stabs Quinn as Blade takes advantage and smashes Quinn's face against the passing train. I know this is like for movie effect, but also if they're both vampires and Blade is a trained fighter, I think he should be able to easily get rid of Quinn. He does later. I mean, honestly, later, it's just like no competition. Blade takes the sword and chops Quinn's other hand off, causing him to run away. He finally lifts Karen up and they run as more vampires approach. Blade gets a crazy idea to grab the back of the train and nearly rips his arm off, throwing himself and Karen onto it. And no one's there. They're just so lucky that no one's on this train. Are they though? I mean, honestly, I feel like crazy shit happens on the CTA all the time and people are just like, well, I didn't see that. Don't I fucking know it? I have some stories. Once inside the train, Karen helps him pop his arm back into place, which I thought was super odd. Is that like, it's so cute. We help each other with our dislocated shoulders. (laughs) That sounds so bitchy, but it's true. Is it supposed to be cute? I don't know. No judgment to people who need their dislocated arms popped back in, okay? There's a romantic market for that, clearly. Mm -hmm. Very specific to the Blade (laughs) movies. While she's doing this, Blade pulls out a vial of blood. Is it a vial of blood or is it serum? It's blood. I'm assuming it's like an emergency in case. Yeah, in case I don't have actual serum nearby. It's a way for him to kind of like get there in the meantime without actually sucking someone's neck. This only poses more questions for me. While she does that, he pulls out a vial of blood. Karen tries to help him, but he tells her to get away as he injects himself in the neck. She says he's one of them. He says he's not. He's something else. This is, I know what you are say it (laughs) from twilight this is literally the dialogue in twilight (laughs) when it happened i was like this is twilight if you loved vampire movies and you loved blade this literal dialogue happens in twilight (laughs) back at the hideout whistler is telling karen he found blade when he was 13 years old his mother was bitten by a vampire while she was pregnant he went through some genetic changes and can withstand garlic and sunlight he has their strength and will heal quickly but he still ages like a human he didn't just get their powers though he also inherited their thirst and his body is starting to reject the serum karen asks why whistler helps him whistler explains that he had a family once when one day a vampire drifter came by he says the vampire made him decide which order to kill his family in that story doesn't really go further than that he like explains the story and it cuts to karen going and finding blade i'm like what does that mean it doesn't even answer the question on why you decided to help blade and i think this is another one of those examples of this movie trying to give you everything at once not knowing that there was going to be a sequel because you kind of get that he also is seeking revenge he found this 13 year old kid who's half vampire half human and they joined forces it could make sense but his backstory is not explored that much we find out that he has cancer and it's not really explored again it's just so much i think that's why if i remember correctly he comes back and that's why he's off screen killed here i gotta watch the second one after this yeah she finds blade in a room as she says she knows about his past He just says she doesn't know anything about him. He isn't human and is just hunting that thing that took his mother. He says every time he kills a vampire, he gets a piece of himself back. At Frost's hideout, Quinn is complaining about how confronting Blade went and Frost tells him he still wants Blade alive. Quinn goes off when Frost goes up to him, telling him that he needs him. I need you. Baby. Baby. Quinn likes this. He's super into it and feels better about the whole thing. Cut to this super sexual sunscreen application scene between frost and mercury this isn't how you apply sunscreen it's always a super sexual incident no i always forget to put on sunscreen so you end up more like gitano gitano yeah in this next scene right this is where they have taken gitano hostage
garbage. Frost makes fun of him for never being able to see a sunrise since he's pure. Frost takes some pliers and rips out Gitano's canines. The sun starts to come up and Gitano just explodes like crazy bad special effects. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, come on, it's the 90s. They're literally sitting there in their biker helmets like, we're too cool for this. And this is a plot point that bothers me. The motorcycle helmets block the sun. That wasn't even the part that bothered me. When he puts his visor down, his wrist is visible. So that would have burned. <laughs> no, he put sunscreen on. He's fine. Oh, that's true. But he didn't put them on his wrist. They just made out and put sunscreen on their faces. We didn't get a super sensual wrist application. Who is this into putting on sunscreen? It's just a wild scene. We make out when we eat blood. We make out when we apply sunscreen. We make out. We make out. We make out. Is there a point where they're not making out? When Blade kills them. Mm. Maybe they're just like making out too when that happens. And this scene again, I need a little more explanation for. I think what we're supposed to gather is that Gatano is, I hate saying Gatano. Gitano. He's supposed to be the leader of this vampire council. Where are his men? He was just easily kidnapped. Again, they just hate each other and have this conflict for no reason. Why isn't he stronger? I'm thinking like Nosferatu, the Baron type character from yes. What We Do in the Shadows. Again, What We Do in the Shadows. Speaking of the helmet scene, there is a point where the vampires in What We Do in the Shadows try to use that same tactic and it doesn't work for them. <laughs> well, they start heating up under the thing, right? Yes. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 it worked in Blade. It's fine. And it does not. <laughs> After this whole crazy murder scene, Frost goes to the next meeting and sits in Gitano's spot. He throws Gitano's canines at the rest of the council and he simply says that he needs 12 volunteers. Just a straight up power move this was. These are supposed to be the leaders of these 12 vampire organizations, right? I think it's just 12. I don't think it's 12 organizations, is it? I thought it was. Yeah, Blade earlier says that these are the organization glyphs and so like each of them is in charge of one, I thought. That would make more sense and I would have liked that explained a little better. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's at least what I took away. That being the case though, if these are leaders of organizations, wouldn't they have more security? Blade shows a piece of the Book of Erebus to Whistler, who reads it saying that it has to do with the blood god. Immediately, he just knows. <laughs> Unlike the vampires, whose Bible this is. Again, is Whistler just studying this lore nonstop? He's a man on a mission for revenge. Whistler has the internet. He might. <laughs> but so did Frost. No, Frost had a computer app. He had a decoding app. Honestly, it would have been like, what, a floppy disk at that time? <laughs> yeah. Karen is in the background working on something as she explains if she adds EDTA to vampire blood, there's a reaction. She tells Blade to stand back and it explodes right in front of him. He's like, that's some cure. She says, it's not a cure. It's something that he can use against the vampires. She wants a sample of his blood to work on an actual cure, however. As she takes a sample, Whistler is in the background and she mentions to Blade how much he really cares about him. Blade says they simply have mutual interests. He makes weapons and I use them. Later, Karen is checking on her neck bites. I have such an issue with the makeup of this. It looks like those pimple patches. It kind of does. That you put on? Put it in your own That mask. I put on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I use pimple patches. You should use some too. Whistler notices her checking on her bite marks and he tells her that she's turning and just says that he's sorry. She responds angrily, saying he makes it seem like she's already dead. Bitch, you might as well be. He tells her that she basically has like a day, two days at most. Again, I would just be like, 
cool i'm gonna be a vampire now we've already learned that sunscreen works because you could also become a vampire and kill the bad guys blade is walking in the streets when he notices frost across the street in a park holding a little girl blade approaches and notices frost is wearing sunscreen frost says he wants to be like him with all the strengths and none of the weaknesses he tries to manipulate blade telling him to accept what he is because the humans will never accept him he asks blade to help him make a new race of vampires when blade's just like your mascara is running okay this <laughs> this bothers me so much if sunscreen worked on vampires don't you think they'd all be just walking around in the daytime with it right frost isn't out here just breaking the internet about sunscreen on vampires <laughs> 100 spf i was about to ask like what spf would this even require <laughs> some setting spray on that sunscreen mm, with spf in it as well see i know a little bit about some makeups yeah because you steal my stuff sometimes <laughs> i don't steal your setting spray you don't no i steal your nipple pasties frost's the snowman i mean he looks like a snowman <laughs> frost is talking about human like their cattle he's very much a character who's like these pure vampires are shitting on me but vampires in general are top of the food chain humans are cattle it reminds me so much of the pure blood mud blood thing in harry potter yeah especially when it doesn't make a power difference it's like why even fight like unless you're obviously stronger than me and because you're pure you have this additional ability what is the difference blade then being half vampire half human ends up being this chosen one a storyline that's completely thrown at you out of nowhere he's half of these things is he more powerful than the pure vampires now right if anything you'd think it'd be a more watered down version right yeah but a story will be what a story is eyebrow raised so poetic (laughs) frost asks blade to work for him and blade just says he doesn't give a shit about him blade is like bro minding his own damn business and frost is in the spark across the street i was gonna ask what was blade doing that he just (laughs) ran into frost he has to go get groceries grocery i think we missed a step here (laughs) (laughs) this scene just starts with blade just walking and frost is like hey i'm here listen to me blade could have easily been like fuck i don't know you sorry i don't have any i don't want any but yeah so frost gets pissed and as blade pulls his gun out frost lifts the little girl by the neck blade says he doesn't care about her she's just cattle right frost yells he's gonna make blade wish they didn't cut him out of his mother as blade shoots at him causing frost to dodge and throw the little girl through a bus stop into the street (laughs) this is a very casual scene and it's not casual frost gets away when blade notices the little girl is about to get run over by a truck or bus and saves her right at the last minute i had a problem with this because this little girl's like thrown through a bus stop and just sits in the middle of the street like what the fuck happened i hate this in movies because it implies that the driver's just like yeah fuck it i'm taking it <laughs> uh, that's not super unrealistic to me because i literally told you the other day in our parking lot someone almost ran me over people i've literally seen floor in parking lots so that doesn't surprise me i'm more like where are this chick's parents where's all the blood she literally got thrown through a glass bus stop uh, and she's totally fine <laughs> this kid's also a vampire i don't know <laughs> <laughs> back at the hideout karen tells whistler they should treat their vampirism like anemia with genetic therapy and a little bit of frijolitos and caldo she says the cure will definitely work on her but she's not so sure about blade since he was born with it quinn laughs in the background as frost and his thugs show up karen and whistler put up a pretty good fight before the vampires take them down and start beating the literal shit out of whistler who tells them just to get it over with whistler is saying just fucking kill me and he's like no we're not gonna make it that easy on you because what do you hate more than anything vampires so we're gonna turn you into one it's sad blade shows up later and sees all the chaos and bodies on the ground he finds a body in a chair with a blood-covered sheet over it and there's a tape on the table that says play me blade removes the sheet blade is very like oh fuck like sadly disgusted but also like upset right like he's not being emotional and visible about it but in his own way he's like Ugh. 
you know, like, fuck. Definitely but, his fuel to get him through the last half of the movie. Yeah. He's sadly disgusted by the sight of Whistler badly beaten. Whistler is alive and tells him that they took Karen and want to start the vampire apocalypse. Blade wipes Whistler's wounds as he continues to say that they want his blood, the blood of the Daywalker. He's the chosen one. He tells Blade not to go after them and asks him to finish him off so he doesn't turn into a vampire. Blade says no. Whistler asks him for his gun then. Blade says no again and Whistler insists violently taking the gun and telling him walk away you stupid son of a bitch it's sad you know it, it's sad it's sad but also i like how it plays on these tough characters inability to share emotions <laughs> yeah. it's also probably the most emotional you see his character in the entire film until he sees his mother yeah you know whistler's like his standing dad and you know, he picked him off the street so it's a pretty sad scene and then like the wiping him off while you know he's kind of dying in front of you he's like we could still fix this yeah blade walks away as he hears the gunshot behind him and plays the tape that shows frost saying whistler put up a good fight and where to meet them we get blade meditating and suiting up for the battle to come he also slashes the plant that was heavily emphasized earlier in the film which he uses with his arsenal what is the meaning of this plan <laughs> at frost's place karen gets hit on by frost who tells him he can bite her all he wants she'll just turn back with her cure frost says there is no cure she also makes fun of him for not being pure as she notices his bite marks everyone's just going in on frost not being pure <laughs> i think it's just like knowing what upsets him and like going in on it go for the throat fuck it but um frost gets pissed and asks her how she plans to cure the whole world fun fact apparently an alternate ending was that the blood god does come back turning the entire world into vampires the sequels were planned to be a kind of like mad max blade fighting his way through everything type of movie that would have been cool as fuck i want that that's kind of like the later movies of resident evil where alice is just in this post-apocalyptic world just kicking ass yeah chewing bubblegum and being a lot of gum but she still has a red dress yes he says blade's blood is the key to this whole plan when they get noticed that there's an intruder quinn starts freaking the hell out and somewhere else in the hideout guards are looking for blade when he crashes through on a motorcycle killing everyone at once with vials of blue liquid which we assume is what karen showed him how to make when hit with this the vampires balloon up and explode they explode like nasty it's insane makeup like their faces turn into giant pimples he enters a room and finds his mother on a bed she says his name eric me we don't realize it's his mother she was like hidden in a previous scene where she's telling frost to go to his party honestly if she didn't look at him and say like eric i would have been like who's this lady (laughs) (laughs) i mean yes earlier she's like dying in a hospital but yeah i think that's what it is she's like covered in blood and makeup and she looks like she's about to die in here she's like very glamorous and i'm like who's this lady until she was like eric and then we learned that blade's name is eric (laughs) yeah it's eric brooks (laughs) i did not know that while distracted frost's men take advantage and tase him down it turns out frost was the one who bit his mother and frost revels in this saying that they can now be one big happy family he just really goes in on this part of blade's trauma blade is not only being tased down but he's like what the fuck this is like a world exploding situation for blade right because his entire motive for killing vampires were they killed my mother karen and blade get locked up as blade says he needs the serum and that when they get out of there he'll take the cure karen says but there's a catch he'll be completely human and won't have any of his powers so he won't be able to continue the war against the vampire world not worth it all right i decide to be cool as fuck forever i'd rather be cool than human karen and blade are brought to the top of the chamber that we saw earlier in that horrible early 2000s simulation as frost says it's the temple of eternal light 
Frost plays around with Blade's sword, who's surprised it's not opening up on him. Quinn has stolen his glasses at this point, like the asshole he is. Frost jokes around, saying he knows everything there is to know about him. He grabs some of the blue vials, thinking it's Blade's serum, and asks him how it feels to be thirsty, and takes the serum instead. Blade tells him to find out for himself. He might like it. I like this part. What if he had, and then it's like the end of the movie? <laughs> That's it. You're right. Dead. How anticlimactic. <laughs> I want to see that alternate ending, where Blade's like, oh, he was dumber than I thought. Oh, wow. That was much easier than I anticipated. <laughs> and the mom's just like, what? Frost throws the vials into the chamber as he says the humans have made him weak. Blade threatens him, saying he'll be dead by dawn. They split up and send Karen off to a room to meet an old friend of hers. It's kind of like this booby trap in the basement situation. They just throw her down there. And we see Curtis, the doctor from the beginning who had this weird relationship with her. The vampires who are leading her to this room kind of mentioned that the reaction he had to the bite was awkward, right? Because they're like, mm -hmm. he's not a vampire, but he's also not a human. He's kind of like a zombie. This is something I would like to see explored further. Is there humans that have like really bad reactions and they just become zombies? That'd be me. I'm actually really allergic to biconvex blood. So I might be a zombie if you bite me. Like I wish this was explored because that could be a whole other story. Is this bite gluten free? <laughs> I'm vegan. So like <laughs> you have to be vegan. <laughs> Curtis calls her name and asks if she's ever had second thoughts about them before deciding to run at her. She beats the shit out of him and crawls her way out using a bone dagger. I just like that now she's like, I've spent enough time around Blade that I know how to defend myself. Good for her. I mean, yeah. In another room, Blade is tied up to a human-shaped hole in a pillar. The best way I can describe this is like those old torture device. What is it that called? Kind of An Iron Maiden? Yes, Iron Maiden, yep. His mother approaches, trying to be a little too nice. He tells her not to touch him. She says that the vampires are her people now and that his mother died a long time ago. She caresses his face with hers <laughs> being she, extra sensual for some reason rubbing her face near his and like lips near lips and it's like i'm not your mother anymore but you are in my eyes so fucking get away from me <laughs> it's so gross she says she killed and she knows he has to too sooner or later the thirst always wins she steps on a button on the ground to close the iron maiden on blade which kicks off the blood collection process i feel like they casted an actress that Wesley Snipes had more chemistry with than Karen. It kind of would have worked more if Karen played his mother and this actress played his love interest. You think so? Why? They had more chemistry in the scene than him and Karen in the entire movie. That wasn't chemistry. That was incest. That was disgusting. Why is she so sexy? Why is she so hot? <laughs> with her son. Like, the way she's walking and everything. Like, dude, that's okay. I'm telling you, she's like caressing her face up against his. and his I like, felt uncomfortable. That's just son jesus christ what in the game of thrones is going on here <laughs> not only is my mom alive but she's also trying to fuck me what the fuck <laughs> so many emotions to process and we are not like being perverts go watch this scene yes it's not subtle no <laughs> she's like i'm not your mother anymore just in case you were thinking about it the options out there i'm putting the cards on the table if you were interested i hate it please I'm not stop your mom please anymore. stop <laughs> stop there are blades at the wrist that cut him, making the blood pool down into the Temple of Eternal Light, where the 12 vampire leaders are positioned. The entire time, they're being kidnapped by Frost and his crew. Could they fight him, though? 
I doubt that the vampires themselves are carrying silver bullets <laughs> to shoot each other. Right? Okay, but then Blay literally rips someone's neck off. I mean, I thought about that, but I was like, that guy's probably not dead. But it's a fight, you know? But here I was thinking, like, are the vampires who are holding these 12 carrying, like, regular guns and also silver guns? Two holsters. One's like, this is the human gun. This is the vampire gun. Although I guess the vampire gun would also carry I mean, one. I mean, <laughs> you could just carry one and it would work on both of them. But what if you accidentally shoot a fellow vampire with your vampire gun? You're you shooting them. It's probably for a reason. Please stop moving like that you're making me nauseous I'm moving side to side. eric swaying back and forth yeah i'm motioning between my human and my vampire gun oh my god <laughs> i felt like bob one of the 12 fights back saying that the blood god is just a fairy tale and that it won't work mercury tells them it's time they play their part as he tells her it doesn't matter since she'll also be dead she takes blade's sword and kills him which i didn't get because don't you need 12 people for this to work yeah i was like who filled that 12 spot is there an extra they brought extra people for this <laughs> bonus just in case meanwhile Karen has found Blade and this Iron Maiden. He is bleeding to death, but she is able to release him. He says he needs a serum, and she just tells him that there's no time for that to take her blood instead. He says no, but she insists. The 12 are being held against their will down below as the blood drops onto them, since the Iron Maiden seems to have collected enough blood for this ritual to happen. Frost stands in the middle as the blood meets and drops all over them. While this is happening, we get a really intense scene of Blade sucking Karen's blood. And other things. As she moans more and don't stop more yeah i kept looking up to the subtitles because i was like is she saying stop or don't stop and then i was like why is she saying don't stop is she into this well because i think he tries to and she's like you're not strong enough yet but also this is not a new theme in vampire films like sucking blood is Horny. always used as like a substitute for like a sex scene blade where are your hands show I me your hands, blade. your hands at all times <laughs> it is very intense it is very like don't stop suggestive don't stop and there's a lot of jerking and flailing and convulsing and moaning more anyway go watch it it's pretty hot blade finally lets go and yells in climax his mother shows up and asks him how it was climaxing just kidding how sucking blood was what in the oedipus rex is <laughs> happening in this movie how was it more they start fighting while in the temple the stones on the walls open and start electrocuting everybody in sight blade pins his mother down as she says i'm your mother oh now you're his mother yes i, I thought know. his mother died forever ago right determined blade says he has to release her and stabs her to death just kidding he stabs her once she does. Back in the temple, winged skeleton monsters start crawling out of the mouths of the twelve and fly through Frost's body. Frost's eyes start turning completely red as the flying skeletons enter his body completely and gets blasted away. Blade enters the temple, beheads Quinn immediately, just no hesitation, and takes his sunglasses back. We get more ass kicking. He literally rips the throat off of one of them and throws it at the next guy. Karen fights Mercury one on one when she finally sprays her with the mace from earlier and makes her head explode. This mace lasts like forever. That's She's used it like three times. Yeah. yeah. Back to Blade. We get a lot of kicks, spin kicks, flips, knee breaking, more kicks. Some kicks don't even hit anybody. It's just him and another dude literally doing spin kicks at each other without ever touching for like 10 seconds before Blade squishes some more heads. It was very well choreographed. Frost shows up with his own sword and sword fights Blade. Blade finally cuts Frost arm off and cuts him in half at the waist frost however uses his blood to stay intact and blade is like the fuck i just couldn't get over the terrible blood effects that bring him back together <laughs> yeah i was like what is happening frost gets faster and starts beating blade's ass even starts using the force at one point frost seems invincible at this point and calls blade a little bitch 
You fucked up, but Bad insult to injury. Blade notices the serum lodged in some rocks on the wall, and Frost tells him it's no use. Blade throws his sword at the rocks, and Frost just laughs it off. The handle opens and makes the serum fall when Blade catches them behind his back. Like a ninja, he throws a ton of them at Frost, covering him all over with vials. Frost just stands there as Blade says, Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. As he kicks some serum straight into Frost's forehead, Frost turns into a giant balloon and blows up. The makeup on Frost, it's really gross, just like giant pimples exploding yes blade and karen make it up to the roof where blade tells her he doesn't want the cure anymore he just wants a better serum because there's still a war out there cut to russia a couple walking in the middle of the night while it snows they approach a doorway with a vampire glyph on it when the man tries to attack the girl and blade yells in the distance in russian and comes to attack the guy credits yes he calls him comrade comrade i think it's cool that blade knows russian he's worldwide he's mr worldwide Don't insult Blade like that. <laughs> I felt like the ending here was super abrupt. Like he defeats Frost and they escape and they're like, now what? Let's go to Russia. It is. But I mean, honestly, it's two hours. We tried to shove as much as possible down the viewer's throat. I think it, that's what it is. And it all works out. It all works out. Yeah, it's a fucking badass movie. I love this movie. So what'd you think of it? <laughs> I give it a 10. What do you give it? I am going to deduct some points for the terrible CGI that did not hold up over time. Really? You think so? I mean, it's the 90s. Yeah, just I could put up with some of it. But when like Frost comes back and his hand is like completely CGI'd back together, I was like, oh, no. That's you know what it looks good. like? It looks like those Windows 98 screensaver it does (laughs) see that's part of the reason why i'm deducting points Uh, it's so hard because obviously you cannot compare this to the marvel movies that exist now where you know you're gonna get sequels and more backstory in other movies they tried to pack so much into this movie and it just didn't get explored that being said it is still a super fun movie picture this like netflix style daredevil this has the vibe of more like a street level character where a tv series i think would do the character more justice because you could do that exploration of the character i think this is just gonna happen with any kind of comic book character Mm -hmm. you try to shove too much into two hours or an hour and a half you lose a lot of that color and the creators have that struggle where it's like well i want to advance the story but also i have to explain things a tv show i think for a character like this would be better because you you could just dig into it yeah you do an episode about the mom you do an episode about his upbringing you do an episode about how whistler found him but i think the movie did what it could i think it's great it's an action movie it's a marvel movie it's a horror movie it's a vampire movie it's all fun yeah that being said because it's just fun i want to give it an eight it's not scary though it's got some gross effects which i would say put it more in the horror genre but yeah i'm just gonna leave it at an eight out of ten just because it's fun cool yeah i love this feel like you got to give credit to wesley snipes being the one that saved marvel basically from bankruptcy at this point yeah i'm gonna get off of this and i'm gonna like do more research and see how involved he is in the new blade i'm pretty sure he did have some involvement if he doesn't y'all need to start because y'all need to consult him more this guy's badass moral of this episode is go watch blade go watch what we do in the shadows i would suggest doing a month of vampires but then after we did a month of zombies we were like burnt out so we might not do that yeah the same thing over and over it gets boring once you start to notice all the themes but i feel like vampire films can be very different yeah i mean if you're watching twilight and blade you're not like comparing the same things you're just like these sparkle and these get murdered murdered with Um, sativa i just like that vampires are always like the tragic romantics of their stories i've been alive for a thousand years but suddenly i love this human 16 year old okay we can save that for when we cover (laughs) twilight do you want to tell me what scared loki about this movie Uh, i don't think he was actually scared but he did get intrigued by all the badass 
kick-assing. He's like, what? All these like whoosh sounds, all these like blops, these bloop blops, because everyone's bloop getting impaled. Yeah, because everyone's getting impaled. Do you want to tell us about it, Loki? Sounds good. We're glad you like Blade. Bro, I will fight you right now. Me and Loki really be throwing hands like all day, every day. Anytime I come really outside, good. he's just ready to just throw hands at me. But does that pretty much wrap it up for us here? Yes, it does. As always, we hope you guys had a good time here with us. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared Pod, except Twitter, Twitter Shaken Scared Pod. You can send us an email at shakennotscaredpod at gmail.com. Support the show on Patreon. You can get early access to episodes or a bonus episode and theme drink idea every month. This month, we're covering a Valentine movie, so keep an eye out for it. Sign up go get that bonus episode listen wherever you get your podcast give us a follow check out our drink videos give them a like give them a listen be sure to like rate review all that good stuff and k thanks bye bye his mother was bitten by a vampire while she was pregnant Thanks. <laughs> Thirsty. <laughs> you bought his merchandise.